Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Bangers and Classics. Now you might have inferred from the fact that I'm doing the intro rather than James that uh, James isn't here. And indeed that sadly is the case. James is swamped by pressure of other work and can't do the podcast this week. Which I suppose gives me a great opportunity to say what I like about him without him having an immediate right of response. So I may avail myself of that. Anyway, we'll dive straight into the usual first segment of the podcast, which is car spots. James is usually the man for this, but I did spot a couple of things this week. One was a fairly well-maintained smart roadster coupe in yellow. Looked very good indeed, I have to say. A nice little cars. We've talked about those in the podcast before, so I won't linger on it. But the second one was rather more interesting. It's a bandwagon BV206. It's a tracked vehicle, often used by the military or civil agencies, and some, of course, are owned by private citizens. Well, this one, I think, was privately owned. It was painted a sort of unusual colour that was somewhere between orange and yellow on the spectrum, and it was towing a trailer full of barriers of the kind you'd normally find perhaps at a sports stadium or something like that. I've never seen one of these in the roads before, so that definitely counts as an interesting or unusual spot, at least from my perspective. And that, I'm afraid, is that there's no more car spots. So, without any further ado, we'll just dive into the next segment. And that is Banger or Classic, of course. In James's absence, I thought this could be an ideal opportunity to condemn the Mazda MX-5 to eternal bangerdom by making it this week's featured car. But then I thought, well, maybe that's a bit unfair. And besides, James would get his own back on me. So, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do instead is talk about... Uh, a different car from a different era. It's the Citroen GS, which, as you'll probably know, was launched in 1970 and continued in production well into the 1980s. When it was launched, it was available as a saloon. In spite of its shape, it had a boot rather than a hatchback. And the boot, has to be said, was fairly low but quite capacious. And there was also a five-door estate version. When it came out, it was something of a revelation. because had a small-slash-medium-sized saloon which had a futuristic aerodynamic shape, far ahead of what most manufacturers were doing at the time. It had hydropneumatic suspension and also had Citroen's Deravi steering. Uh, motor power came from a range of fairly small air-cooled flat-four engines, uh, which meant the, the car could have a nice low bonnet line and cut the air pretty well. Uh, its drag coefficient was around 0.32, which was very, very good for the day indeed. So what you got for your money was a stylish car that looked ahead of its time. It rode well, uh, particularly in French roads of the 1970s and indeed in UK roads of the 21st century. Handled well, but certainly gripped very well. And it had fairly reliable engines. The GS was followed into production in 1974 by the larger but equally stylish and technically advanced CX. The development costs of these two models had exacted quite at all on Citroen's finances, which were already in a perilous state because of their decision to be an early adopter of rotary power. Uh, Citroen had formed a company with NSU called Co-Motor, which was to design, develop and build rotary engines. Great idea at the time, because it did look as if the rotary engine was going to be adopted by every manufacturer under the sun. However, it had problems. First of all was reliability. That came to light with the NSU Arrow 80, which suffered from wear of the rotor seal tips, which uh, meant big repair bills for NSU and indeed for co-motor, and ensured that the Arrow 80 was never the seal success that it might have been. Citroen had put quite a lot of its eggs in that basket, unfortunately, and combined with the development costs of the CX and the GS meant that it eventually went into bankruptcy and uh, was taken over by Peugeot. Citroen indeed had produced a rotary version of the GS, 
called The Bywater, which came out in 1973, which was exactly the wrong moment to launch A Car Was Thirsty as a Bywater, because unfortunately we had the Yom Kippur War in 1973, and there were repercussions from that which led to uh, a global energy crisis in 1974 and continued into 1975 before things uh, eventually stabilised. And of course, the Bywater was affected by association with the reliability problems of the Arawiti, and it never sold well. And indeed, when Peugeot took over the company, they just simply discontinued the Bywater, bought as many as they could back, and scrapped all the spares and all the ones they could get back. However, this standard GS, if you want to call it that, continued in production, became a GSA in 1980, and acquired a hatchback, and went on for several more years. Citroen built just over 2.5 million GSs and GSAs, so it sold pretty well over the piece, and indeed it was good enough to win a 1971 uh, European Car of the Year. Faced with that, what else can you call it but a classic? So it is now officially a banger and classics classic. With that out of the way, what can we do next? That I'm here on my own, and what I'm going to do is a challenge. So for this week's challenge, I decided to look for a Porsche 944. This was prompted by a recent sighting that I forgot to mention in car spots of an absolutely amazing 944 turbo and guard red with Fuchs alloys, with the, the black alloys with the silver rim. Uh, I saw this about two or three weeks ago, and I have to say it looked better than new condition. It was absolutely pristine, and you couldn't find a fault with it. Now, if you listened to the podcast before, you know that the front engine Porsches are really the only ones that I, I like, and I do like them a very great deal. So I decided, well, why don't I pretend that I'm going to buy a 944, and obviously I can indulge my fantasies of being in the Shell Open Road advert. I've also mentioned in the podcast so, I set myself a challenge of looking for a 944. Uh, but it had to be guard red, like the one I saw, and it had to have those lovely Fuchs alloys. And it took a bit of doing. A little bit of research was required. There were some very nice 944s for sale out there. There were some, of course, that aren't so nice. But it was hard to find one in the specification that I wanted. I wanted a guard red with the Fuchs alloys. Nothing else would do. So, I found one. It's in America and therefore it's left-hand drive, that doesn't bother me. Because what I found is a car that's only covered 44,000 miles from new. It's 944 turbo, it's guard red, Fuchs alloys. It looks absolutely pristine inside and out in the photographs. And it's got all the toys you, you would want. It's got a nice sunroof, which I know can be a bit of a bugbear on 944s, having spoken to a friend that owned a 944. But... I still want one with a sunroof. As simple as that. Uh, since I'm not really buying it anyway, it doesn't matter. But if I was buying it, it's the one I'd go for. So what you get for your £33,850, uh, plus, of course, various duties and taxes and shipping fees. Perhaps you can do a deal and bring that down a little bit. Uh, as you get this lovely 1986 944 uh, turbo, you get a black interior with uh, Alcantara seat centres. You get... Uh, a nice blowpoint radio, limited slip differential, those lovely alloys, the sunroof, and you get a car that looks as if it's been really well cared for all its life. What's not to like about that? For me, nothing. That's the car I'd go for. So there's no James to give me a counterpoint this week, but that is the one I'd go for. You'll find it in Car and Classic. Uh, if you look it up there, and perhaps you can, you, know, you can agree or disagree that it's worth the money. I think it is. So we're going to keep the podcast short this week simply because it doesn't really work with one person. It's better with James here. And in any event, I've got a full day of activities myself to do, not least of which is a certain football match 
uh, featuring a team I support. And no, it's not Frankfurt, uh, hence the title of this week's podcast episode. So I'll say thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next week when we will be back with a proper full episode. I'll conclude by saying good luck to Rangers. Bring back the trophy lads.